Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled. Get a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Hey, and real quick, guys, please delete my internet browsing history if I die. Okay, thanks. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Jumbled, your favorite podcast about nothing. I am the incredibly handsome and charming Zach. Uh, I am the incredibly humble Johnny. You're so humble, dude. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, I can't, I can't top that. I definitely didn't want to follow you into that one. No, so. it's fine. I wouldn't want to follow me either because, I mean, if you come after me, then you come after all of the attractiveness and then you got to... You gotta play second fiddle to what I got going on up here, you know. That is true. How's it going? That is. How's it going? How's it going, Johnny? It's good. It's a Monday, you know. It's nice. We're recording. We have. uh, We started relatively on time. It's true. So if we have any computer crashes or anything, we can address them accordingly. Plus, we have a bonus day. Yeah. And I know you love editing the podcast. You know, Tuesday night at 10 p.m. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know that's that's likely how it's gonna go because as soon as as soon as we're done here i'm gonna be like nah i don't feel like doing anything but that's just sort of normal i think yeah i mean i told you that i was gonna be productive after it's highly likely that i won't be productive after but yeah i'm gonna try and keep it in my brain to be productive that's the first step is the is first step. telling yourself you're gonna do it and then you have to actually follow through and do it. I, uh, I, I just pretty much just don't tell myself to do anything because I know that I'm not going to do it, even if I. But tell then you never, you never feel like you lied to yourself, you know, or you That's let yourself true. down. That's true. There's nothing worse than the night before telling yourself that you're going to have a super productive day and you're going to do this, 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 and this. You... And then the day comes, and you decide to, you know, eat Oreos and watch netflix in your underwear all day i mean it sounds great at, at the time but then all the stuff that you plan on doing didn't get done you know yeah you know you know what i would like someday and i think it's starting to happen in some workplaces hmm. definitely in the more modern fancy pantsy you know tech firms and whatnot mm-hmm. but the the theory about working when you're motivated and not working when you're not hmm. um and and people apply this to um, exercise there's sure. a lot of conversation about i wake up at 6 30 every morning to work out but if every morning at 6 30 you're kind of half-assing it mm-hmm. um, but then at you know say 8 p.m you have this spike in energy and you're feeling amped up and that's when you should do it yeah i wish that you know work was like that too mm-hmm. just because sometimes at 10 p.m i have this brilliant idea and some i mean sometimes i i write it down or i work on it um but many times i just tell myself that i'll I'll remember to think about it tomorrow or whatever Mm -hmm. and then tomorrow comes and i'm just too busy and i I post like push it off yeah how cool would it be to live in a society or have a job where you know you had metrics established which is really easy to do in my field and it was just you know if you if you want to work at 4 a.m do it and if you want to sleep at noon do it but if that was just life in general 
You know how weird that would be to get rid of the day and just go. I think I would survive really well on sleeping for four hours and then being productive for eight and sleeping for four and then being productive for eight. Yeah. See, my that cycle. My job is, um, you know, until this podcast stuff takes off. My job uh, is sort of dependent on a schedule. Yeah, and yeah, and that's fair. And I, I get it. It's not. It's not for everyone. No, I mean, um, I I'm with you. I would I would really like to be able to live that lifestyle. Um, in the field that I have chosen, it's just not like unless I branch off and and don't have to deal with end users too much. Yeah, that's fair. If I could just work, you know, I don't really want to, but if I was just really working with like servers or something like that, then you know, just do your job whenever. You know, get get it done. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. My my employer right now um, has this policy for like all of the other staff, the non IT staff, where they can in outside of uh, this time of year, outside of well, I work at an accounting firm, so outside of busy season, which is up until April fifteenth in the U.S. They um, can work, like, it's called a flex schedule, so they can work, you know, if they work 40 hours a week, they can work 10 hours for four days, Mm -hmm. and then they have Friday off, or, you know, take a Wednesday off if they need it and work, you know, but they work the other four weekdays, or some people even, like, pull 12-hour days, and then, like... Had two days. Yeah, so it's... uh, it's, mm-hmm. That would I've, be that would be a nice thing to to have, but I've had it where I think it was you had to work an extra forty five minutes a day or something, but then every second Friday you had off or every second Monday you had off. Oh, that's nice. I really like that. I mean, it was a bonus to me because I typically don't work the schedule. I right. typically work more, so I felt like I was getting a free day. Yeah. For doing the same thing that I've always done. Um, so I mean that that was kind of cool, but not that I was completely disconnected. I unfortunately can't disconnect from work completely. Um, right. So even on weekends or those days, I would still kind of be there in with my mind, maybe. Yeah. And definitely tracking emails and phone calls and stuff. But yeah, I know all about that, dude. Mm-hmm. Not being... that's a big thing too for eating. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny's health tip of the week: Don't get into scheduled eating. Eat when you're that's hungry. A... Yeah, because so many times it's, oh, it's it's noon, so I need to eat lunch. That's mm-hmm. incredibly common, right? Everyone takes lunch at noon, and it's because that's when your work says, or that's, you know, culturally what we do at noon, noon, eat lunch. But, I, I mean, are you truly hungry at noon? I think there's a, a psychological connection, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, that you're, you're just, you get into that routine, so you think you're hungry, but you're not actually hungry. Yeah, and I think that could be something that could help you sort of, I mean, if you're working in an office environment, it can be sort of, you know, a lot of repetition, a lot of day in, day Mm -hmm. out, sort of the same thing over and over again. If you're always taking lunch at noon, you know, then it's like, you know, it's like you're living the same day over and over again, you know, add a little Mm -hmm. bit, add a little bit of variety in there. Me personally, I can take, my, my boss wants me to take a lunch sometime between 11 and 2. So I can yeah, either take it, it at 11, 11 noon or 1. 
Um, that's not bad. Yeah. So and and that's typically around where I'll eat. I try not. I try and do um, ten hour fasting, at least okay. ten hours. Sometimes more. It kind of fluctuates. Um, but where you know, I might I might eat my last snack at nine p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I might not eat until noon the next day. Yeah. This is my like fourteen hour fasting. I guess it, it again it fluctuates. If I wake up in the morning, I work out, and I'm actually hungry. Mm-hmm. I'll have a little snack, um, like a hard boiled egg or something. Yeah. Um, but not that this is a, a fitness uh, fitness podcast. I do I do like two a.m. ice cream fasting. Is that a thing? Um, wasn't there a rumor about the pizza and ice cream diet or something that it was? God, I don't know, but if, yeah. if you had one, I think it was one piece of pizza a day or two pieces of pizza a day or something, because in theory it would have your dairy and your protein. <laughs> And your carbohydrates. And it's not a superfood. <laughs> if you only... <laughs> I mean, it it is if you think if it checks off a lot of the boxes. Sure, it's not if I you guess. think about everything else that comes with it. Yeah. Um, but then if you ate just vanilla ice cream all day, your body would burn a lot of calories trying to heat up your core because you're constantly stuffing it full of frozen food. Dude, I mean, I obviously you get a lot of sugar. Uh, I've never done it. It would be interesting to see if it's possible. Um you know what? That's it. We're switching this pot, the topic of this podcast. Every week, we're going to just do new diets. New diet. This is the first week we've, we've really talked about this for any length of time. No, I know. I'm, I'm just being silly. You know, I, I think you should do that experiment, Zach. The, which one? You... The pizza one or the ice cream one? No, it's pizza and ice cream together. Oh, so you're just... Okay. That might be something I could, I could handle. I, I imagine... You would love it. But I feel it's, like it's got to be vanilla. You know, you don't want the too yeah. crazy ice cream, and that gets kind of that can get boring. Um, yeah, that might be. It also, made me. Sorry, huh? who? What? I was I was thinking about ice cream. <laughs> uh, Have you ever put maple syrup on your ice cream? No, but that seems like a very Canadian thing for you to do, Johnny. <laughs> it you is guys, very Canadian. You guys just have maple syrup everywhere, right? You got like 14, uh, 14 bottles in your pantry right now. I have I have a I have a couple bottles. Yeah. Um, I had some maple syrup yesterday, actually, with some pancakes, some hot cakes. Very nice. I made pancakes um, Saturday, Saturday morning. Hmm. Was it Saturday morning or was it yesterday? Maybe we had pancakes at the same time, Johnny. What was up with that? Uh, great minds, although Allie made them, so I can't really take credit. I'm not going to lie. Typically, I don't like pancakes. Um, and I would never get them from a, a diner or anything. But Al makes them really thick and kind of crispy on the outside, but really gooey on the inside. And I love that shit, especially with maple syrup. She, so she puts more more baking powder in it. She makes it. She makes the uh, the 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 mix from scratch. Sure. Yeah, I do too. And just make I don't know makes them makes it really thick, not so watery, so they stay chunky. It does taste more like cake. Which I think. I, appreciate. I think the baking powder. Sorry, we've we've now jumped from the uh, from the fitness podcast to the cooking podcast <laughs> to the fat fuck podcast. I think it's the baking powder that makes it rise more. Yeah, I don't know. Baking is a science, and I don't understand it, but it, I love eating it. It is a science. Yeah, it I, really. I, is. I once once tried to teach myself how to bake, and I think I was moderately successful, um, <laughs> but I had to stop because there were several times in one week that I realized that I was just. 
eating cake for dinner because I wanted to practice. So I'd make this cake <laughs> and then I'd eat the cake and then not want to eat anything else. You know what? I did really great today. I'm going to see if I can do better tomorrow. Yeah, man. I, you know me. If I get into something, I get into it. I will say I make incredible Oreo cupcakes and that's my claim to fame. You're um, you're a, you're a perfectionist in that way. I do. If if I get into something, the obsessive brain takes over and that's that's my life for however long until I move on to the next thing. Yeah, that was like me in college. I had a I had sort of a I I want to say it was minor for me. It felt minor a minor OCD about my iTunes library. It was I don't weird. Know if like I'd say it was minor. You that you were the most neurotic thing ever when it came I, person. Yeah, I like closed myself in my room for hours on end. People were like, "What is Zach okay? I haven't heard him making a sound." And I was just like going through all of my all of my songs, all like thousands and thousands of my songs. Yeah, I, and I feel like you reorganized it multiple times. Like you would change some shit and be like, yeah, this is good. And then you'd think of something else to add or move or change or whatever. And you'd be redoing it every three months. Yeah. I said, fuck. You would die I, if you saw my iTunes library. Yeah, I said, fuck that shit. No, I, I think what, what annoyed me most was like, I got you know a lot of my music from my friends we'll say my friends uh which happened mm-hmm. to also use limewire and <laughs> i <laughs> remember that shit remember limewire uh, anyway yeah <laughs> i do the go- i remember napster napster i remember when napster first came out that was so confusing yeah. and amazing and i mean that was around the time when the internet was really starting to boom as well yeah that was, Dang. I mean, I think it was around the same time that, that the whole Napster thing was going on that it was in like middle school, I think. Like, I want to say like seventh grade. Uh, so around 2001-ish, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Um, I remember my teacher being like, what do you guys want to listen to? Like, what music do you want to listen to? And then she launched LimeWire on her computer. <laughs> and like my teacher's like downloading music on LimeWire, you know. No one knew anything about it then. No, nobody. And then just getting mad viruses all the time. Yeah, dude. Or or you download a song, you get really excited, and then it's just the chorus on repeat. Yeah, I got really smart with it though because it was a sharing like LimeWire. You would share your music. So what I would do is I would download it, and then I would move it out of the download location. So LimeWire wasn't able to access that music that I just downloaded. So I wasn't oh. contributing to other people getting the music yeah you're I was, called a feeder i was only just pulling it yeah yeah there's feeders and cedars <laughs> Feed. and you were a feeder <laughs> you're that dick that wasn't contributing to the community yeah well you know it's just replication it's just replication you know that's all yeah but the more the more cedars there are the faster it downloads the more cedar dude i feel like you should just stop saying cedars because it's making me feel dirty okay so Uh, you should feel dirty because god knows what you were downloading in 2001 (laughs) you sick fuck no honestly if you know any any prepubescent boy in the age of the internet prior to um you know all of the pornography (laughs) pornography sites i was just looking like pictures of like cleavage (laughs) Just like, <laughs> just like weird, like, I mean, like just, just really like embarrassing uh, shit now. Like it was just like uh, cleavage or 
uh fucking like i i watched wrestling so i watched wrestling so i was like the wwf at the time divas i was just mm-hmm. looking at pictures of them and stuff is like yeah you know that's it <laughs> Did you, what were some of the cr- most creative ways you hid your porn as a kid okay M- mom turn off the podcast I was going to say my mom may or may not listen to this podcast and she, she maybe has discovered this and just let it go or <laughs> or I'm going to get credit for being as crafty as I thought I was being. No. So I had, um, well, number one, initially I wasn't very creative with it because I was just looking online at the stuff um, mm-hmm. and my, my room was by the computer. Um, so I was just going out to the computer and logging on to my profile and looking at stuff and then being non, I didn't know about like cookies and stuff at the time. (laughs) And so like, or or web browser history, right? Exactly. So I just (laughs) would go out to these websites, like look at stuff and then just like, you know, go wash my hand off and then just pretend like nothing happened, you know? And then my dad, my dad would come around and look at the internet history and then I remember him saying, "Hey, stop going to this st- these sites." I was like, uh, "How do you know?" I was like, "My dad's a wizard." Um, but then, but then I started, and and I feel like they probably knew because I was printing a lot of things off with the printer, <laughs> and that ink is not is you know ink has never been cheap. Like no, that's the one it's thing. Cheaper to buy a new printer than it is to get ink. Yeah, yeah. How you, fuck does that? You, if you're out of ton, if you're out of ink, just throw your printer away and go buy another because you get free ink with the printer. So, um, mm-hmm. no. So I started printing things off, and then um, I had a drop ceiling in my room, so I would push the little tiles up and put all the porn up on top nice. of the on top of the drop ceiling. So you know, other than the crusty socks, there was no hint that I was <laughs> that I was doing anything. Uh, I used to have uh, a shit ton of uh, floppy drives. <laughs> I put everything on a floppy drive, <laughs> but I would make I would make folders that would say homework, and then there'd be another folder that would say English or whatever, and it would just be folder after folder of empty folder leading you to another folder. And then there might be pictures somewhere down the line, or I'd create a maze, <laughs> or I would, I would <laughs> start a word. And document. only you knew knew how to navigate the yeah. folder structure. Except when you forget, and then you you spend hours. Um, and then I would get, and then I advanced because I got tired of having to click through like thirty fi- files. Um, so then I'd make a couple, and then I would have a bunch of fake homework documents, and or I'd have the first page of Word be a homework assignment and then if you scrolled down there'd be a blank page if you scrolled down again it'd be the pictures inside a word uh, <laughs> that way yeah i mean uh, remember this is the time when dial-up was still a thing and that way if i wanted to view i didn't need to you know interrupt the phone line why was pablo picasso a great painter let me tell you all of the ways let me and then you're just like <laughs> you're you're bullshitting I think that's the most creative thing I've ever heard about when you're trying, you're just hiding because that's so smart as well, because you're copying and pasting into the document instead of saving a picture file to, Mm -hmm. to, yeah, just look like nothing, dude. That's so smart. That's so much smarter than I was. 
I already know my mom is going to text me when she hears this and say, if only you put that much effort into your studies. <laughs> like, wait, you wasted time making fake homework instead of doing your real homework to hide your porn? <laughs> and not even porn, to hide pictures of <laughs> women in bikinis, basically. <laughs> Did you ever print off the wrong thing and, like, take it into school? <laughs> no. Stapled, 45-degree angle staple. You're like, here Just you go, teacher. Submit this report. Here you go, teacher. Oh, no. Oh, God, I, I dude. I thought that's... I was pretty crafty. That was... That was really crafty, dude. The me, things me that and my kids friends... don't have to think about. Yeah, me and my friends weren't thinking about that at all. Like, my buddy, uh, Larry, who I've talked about on the podcast before, we grew up just down the road from each other. And uh, Larry's father had a, a just a, a a wonderful amount of or of pornography and uh, <laughs> physical copy. Fi- yes, VHS, uh, VHS. Oh, VHS. Yes. I thought it was going to be magazines. No, well, no, it was VHS. Just oh, a magnificent wow. amount, and uh, and so you know, Larry would like pocket one and like put it under a shirt and bring it up to my house, and I'd borrow it. <laughs> And then find a way to get it back to him. But uh, I remember Man, one. Larry could have made a killing in junior high selling those porn videos. <laughs> Dude. If he had the beta machine or whatever, where you could copy D- or copy VHS. Yeah, to another I VHS. remember. I remember those. I don't think he did have that. Man, if um, you guys are more uh, entrepreneurial, would have made a man, killing. Man, would have probably got expelled for getting busted for for hawking porn <laughs> you know there's still a kid out there right now that's like okay well if i can if i can somehow find a way to get this movie on a vhs and then i can copy it over and do a converter and put it you know and like figuring out how to how to sell this stuff in a in a mp in a wmv format over mm-hmm. on online you know there's one kid that's just figuring that out right now he's just He's hustling like nobody's business. He's just pumping out. He's making he's making he's making five figures a year just doing <laughs> just uh, just slinging porn to some prepubescent boys. That's uh but then I think Larry ended up getting caught. Sorry Larry if I'm out in you here. He got caught uh, busted Larry. He he put I think he put one of the videos in his hamper, which is an awful idea. Like why would you hide anything in your hamper? Like you're you're, Especially if you don't do your own laundry. Exactly. Your your parents are coming through and they're like, <laughs> I just imagine like, I, I remember him getting crusty pre- sock, crusty sock, I don't think crusty I, sock. Oh, hey, video. Yeah, I don't think I saw Larry for a couple weeks, at least not like playing. Like I didn't, like he was at school, like he wasn't locked up in a dungeon or something, but he was like, <laughs> I could just, he just wasn't able to play or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, man, uh, the good old days. And then uh, trying to look at the, uh, I don't know if you ever did this. The uh, static, like trying to see the the, oh, po- the yeah. porn, the, the channels that the fuzzy come through. Yeah, the fuzzy porn. As I, as I like you to stay up all night watching a fuzzy screen in the hopes to see a green tit for two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so true, and it's so sad. But uh, you know the things, uh, the things that hormones make a. Make a teenage boy do. That's the thing, man. It's not Larry's fault. He was very focused on accomplishing a specific task, and he found a way to do it. He just didn't find a way to do it for a long time consistently. I I remember Larry also had, they had this giant antenna, or like a a satellite dish. 
Do you do you recall a friend yeah, ever I having? A satellite a... Di- I had a friend who had a satellite dish, but and... the huge one. I'm talking like yeah, it's six feet across in your backyard. Yes, the whole yeah, yeah. And so they had that that big ass uh, big ass satellite dish, and that's what we would just sit and stare for like thirty minutes, like like obviously just like staring, just hoping to see something. Be like, whoa, did you see that? Yeah, <laughs> um, man, but. You're right. If we would have spent our time, probably a little bit better. You know what, Johnny's mom? You're right. We probably should have. We probably should have focused on other stuff, but we couldn't. Was our you know was what? Our fault. My mom tells me she's proud of me all the time, even though I know she's biased. Well, so clearly, I haven't done that poorly. Will Will that mm-hmm. stay? Will Will that stay true after this podcast? We will find out. <laughs> on next week. Oh uh, man! Has John found a way to fuck up his life yet? <laughs> Um, hey Johnny, I have uh, I have a few things here to talk about. I know you do too, so we'll uh, we'll scatter them around. Uh, I saw. I know that you're uh, you're a fan of the uh, of, of soccer, um, and so I saw a uh, <laughs> I saw a video of this this teacher. I don't know what country it was in. Probably the U.S. because it's a PC. Okay. It's it's just PC everywhere. But the, but this coach, you know, you see all these kids running around. And you're like, oh, it's, it's going to be a good story about a coach, you know, doing doing good in the community or whatever. No, this coach was teaching these kids going. how to play oh. ballless soccer. Uh, I thought that was fake. I saw that. I thought it was fake too, and then I it's not actually fake. I don't think so. Oh my god! I don't think so, man. That that is. I like how you... I saw that and thought it was gonna be a satire. I thought it was an onion. And then I, watched I thought it, it was an onion video at first. I thought it was too. <laughs> and then I watched it and wasn't sure. And then I didn't look it up. I need. I'm gonna have to look it up. I I could. I hope that's not real. I hope it's not real either. But I really. Uh, I don't know. I'm... It was so ridiculous. I had to bring it up. I I mean. I'm legitimately concerned about the youth of the world yeah yeah pc everything's far too pc now don't get me wrong i 100 percent being support being respectful and considerate absolutely but i think just as much as there's a line of going too far that line works both that i mean that pendulum i guess is probably better yeah right and and i feel like saying that, that you can't people can't win or can't lose honestly you learn so much from losing and you know i played sports my entire life i lost a lot of games i lost a yeah. lot of tough games yeah and you learn a lot about how you know to persevere and to try again and what the winning team did yeah yeah you and know when you win you learn to not be an ass which i'm still learning how to not be an ass <laughs> some people might say i'm a poor winner i like to think that i just celebrate happily yeah, yeah, I remember. But one... we've already discussed that I also use mind games to win the things that I want to win. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we're just comparing our days before we even started. And I said, "Oh, I had a bad day," and you said, "I had a great day, bitch." <laughs> and I said, "Whoa, uh, I don't whoa, know if that's exactly how it went." I said, "Whoa, I man, I had, a, I had a pretty good day today. Pretty good. Snuggled my dogs this morning. No, man, you you got up." You gra- made the the DX suck it slashed my groin <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you grabbed your junk. You said, <laughs> you said I had a great fucking day, man. Fucking, I had a fucking great day. 
and you just got really, really sort of aggro about it, and and I, uh, I don't know, man. You're getting a little sensitive here. Do you need a safe place? <sighs> no, I had, I do need a safe place. <laughs> I absolutely need a safe place. But I just thought that was ridiculous, you know. Um, number one, just because of the P, the whole PC era about uh, teaching ball of soccer. Number two, how do you do that? How is that even a thing that you can do? I know that it's. Uh, how do you take yourself seriously? Uh, yeah, exactly. Because the you've got to be a nut job of a person. Yeah, his whole job, as he explained it himself in the video, Just was to keep track of the imaginary ball. Keep track of where the ball was. Yeah, and so one of the kids was like, "I don't get it." And I was sympathizing so much with the kid. Uh, what did you feel as a player? Because they don't keep score, right? So no one scores. Yeah. Be, like, so that goalie is a brick wall. And no matter what you do, you're never going to score. And it's like, well, what's the point? Why am I even here? I'm running around in a field aimlessly running into a bunch of dumb kids chasing a non-existent dumb ball. Because it's like, Rich, Richard clearly... Ha- like that coach, I don't know, man. That's weird. Richard has the ball. Everybody, Richard has the ball. Richard kicked the goal, and then he would he'd kick it, and he'd say something like, "Oh, nice kick," and then he'd say to the goalie, uh, "Better save." Well, well <laughs> defensed, you know, like just like just uh, trying to not hurt anybody's feelings at all. But at a certain yeah. point, there, I mean, just like anything in life, there are going to be people that win, and there are going to be people that lose. And I feel like that's an important lesson to learn in in youth, you know, just yeah. because then you know how to accept your losses that you're going to have for the rest of your life. You're not going to win all the time. That's that's not a world that we live in. Nobody wins all the time. Nope. Unless you're extremely privileged, you don't win yeah. all the time, you know, you're and 1%. Yeah. And but that's uh, I thought that was sort of silly, but. I uh, speaking of safe places, I Ali was talking to me about some American politics and our our uh, our our favorite guy uh, DT, yeah. um, talking about how he was going to go to Europe, but he didn't want to go unless they stopped all anti-Trump protests, <laughs> and I, I found it kind of ironic that the leader of the people who are against safe spaces needed his own safe space. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, That's very just, true. <laughs> uh, there's just so much hypocrisy in extreme politics, left and right. Yeah. That it's just sitting in the middle. It's kind of nice to, it's just a shit show everywhere, you know, but yeah. also frustrating because the middle never wins. So yeah. Clowns to the left, you jokers to the right. That's right. There you go, man. Good song. Good song. It is a good um, song. So, what are uh, what's a harsh truth that you know but you prefer to ignore? Ooh, a harsh truth that I know, but I I I feel like a lot of parents. Again, I'm not a parent, so I don't know what it's mm-hmm. like. And I always imagine if I was a parent, I would parent similar to my parents, and it was live and learn. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I I feel like that's that harsh truth for a lot of people is that you're going to lose or fail. I don't know, 70% of the time. Yeah. Um, but we don't want to acknowledge that. So it's, it's putting so much focus on that, 
are removing that 70%. You know, yeah. it's just not it's not going to set up people for No, it's success not or the ability to navigate challenge. Right. No, I I'm definitely with you. I think as a parent <clears throat> you want to sort of shield your children from feeling defeated or feeling badly, but I don't know. I mean, like, especially, especially now, like as my daughter's getting old enough to where she's, you know, things are getting harder. School's becoming more challenging. She has homeworks and stuff like that, that she's taking home. I'm like, dude, like there's winning and losing, not just in sports. There's winning in academics. There's losing in academics. You know, you're not going to always come away with your trophy, but it's just about getting out there and practicing and trying to make yourself better and working at it and knowing that mm-hmm. all like the mistakes that you make or the wrong choices that you make on a test, you're going to learn from them because your next time you go to answer that same question, you're going to remember this loss, you know? So I'm trying to take that mindset every day um, with, with my oldest, my youngest, you know, I think, I don't know, I, I like to think that I'm I'm a pretty, not a harsh, I'm not a harsh parent at all, but I'm not going to sugarcoat a lot of things for my kids. Even mm-hmm. if she's three, you know, I'm going to be like, hey, dude, don't, don't be a jerk, you know, like, she's, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're being a jerk or if you're doing something wrong, I'm going to call you out on it, and I don't know, I'm trying to take that approach. It's easier said than done a lot of times, but. Yeah, I, I think one of the the best things that my parents instilled in me was that it's not about being the best it's about working the hardest absolutely and, and I, I mean i i think i'm a good athlete and i was really good at a lot of things mm-hmm. but i played a lot of sports so i was really kind of a generalist in in many ways but that was that was always my perspective that you know, I may not be the fastest or the strongest or the, you know, the most technical, sure. but I'll outwork everyone, mm-hmm. um, to make up for it. And, and that's served me really well. Um, I think it also feeds into my, my, uh, obsessive style when I get into something because sure. I feel like I have to carry that forward mm. when it's on something positive. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's the most important thing for kids that, it, and that what it wasn't, you know, did I win or lose? It, I mean, it's it's cliche, but it's how you play the game. And it was, did I do my best? And did I Absolutely. say, yeah, I did my best there. And it was, was my best enough? No. Well, why? Well, did I, did I practice hard enough? Maybe, maybe not. And if I didn't, did I really give it my best? And that was, you know, that was the, what I took from that was, wow, this feeling really sucks. And if I don't want to feel it again, mm-hmm. I need to work harder. And I mean, that doesn't mean that you never feel it again. It just means you learn how to cope with it, right? Yeah, and I think a lot of, uh, you know, if everybody wins, eventually you're going to, you know, look at yourself in a mirror and you're, when when it becomes glaringly obvious that you're not as good as everybody's making you out to be at something, is it going to be easy to look at yourself the same yeah. way? How do you, you know, like, how do you think the 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 ballless soccer players are going to feel when they play that for five years and then go to playing with a ball and they're complete garbage? Let's be honest. There's there's not going to be an adult coach running around with fifteen to twenty one year olds. No, with an invisible ball. 
No, because all right. of those 15 and 21-year-olds are going to just walk away. Mm-hmm. Because, like, they have better things to do with their time. It's not about, like, protecting your kids. You want to take, protect your kids, you know, feed them the right things. You want to protect your kids, make sure they know not to do bad things or to talk to the wrong people. But don't try to protect your kids from winning and losing. Like, that, there, there are d- other things to protect them from. And winning yeah. and losing is not... Uh, is not something you need to be focused on. No. So, do you do you think that freedom is being able to do the things you want to do? Mm. Obviously, within reason, not hurting anyone else around you. But would you describe? You know, I would say what, what freedom means. I would say freedom is mostly the ability to. Uh, have a have a point of view and then to be able to speak out on that point of view to be able to act on that point of view um you know whether it's you know just talking you know a lot of you know a lot of countries or places you know you don't even have the ability to speak out against something that you don't believe in or, you know, to mm-hmm. even have an opinion on it. You just have to shut your mouth about it. And I think a lot, I think when I think of freedom, that's mostly is just having an opinion, be, being able to act on it one way or another. Hmm. What What about you, Johnny? Well, there was a follow-up to that question, but you didn't, bite, didn't take the bait. Uh, because I think a lot of people do look at freedom as, I mean, freedom of your day. So what do I want to do today? And that's what I do. Right. And you think of, well, if I had a million dollars or $10 million, I'd be completely free to do whatever I want to do. Mm. And then the, the fall, I mean, obviously those human rights, civil rights things that, that you talked about are, are important as well. Um, and I, I think that's actually probably the deeper meaning to freedom, but a lot of people look at it more selfishly from a whatever instant gratification i guess that's freedom Can yeah I do what i want at the moment so the follow-up question is does that make animals freer than humans which i thought was an interesting piece of that because you think about an animal's life mm-hmm. and they essentially get to do whatever they want i mean they have to meet their needs obviously but they want yeah. to meet those needs i i think it's all dependent on where the animal is you know like if we're talking about obviously animals in a zoo or animals in a circus not so many freedoms, you know, or yeah. animals in but a cage you... or even like domesticated animals at our, in our houses. Sure. They're not living a bad life, but are they free? You know, like if you have to go to work and, and kennel your dog up. Yeah. Is that dog free? Well, I mean, dogs like kennels a lot, so I wouldn't use that. Um, so do you think you're free? Um, I, th- I feel like I'm part of a, a system that has grown and everybody has become accustomed to living inside of the system. Hmm. I don't feel like I'm, well, I feel like in some ways I am free and in some ways I'm not, you know, if, if we're talking about just the, like you said before, if you're, if you're being more egocentric and like all that stuff, like, am I free if I have to go devote 40 hours of, a week you know away from my family away from my children in order to 
work for another person who's getting wealthier on on my on top on the on the backs of the workers yeah you know does that make me free i would say probably not but i don't think that i mean i don't want to use the phrase the american dream because i feel like the american dream isn't the american dream anymore like it's, i i can't remember what this the statistic was but this was on a couple of a podcast very popular podcasts i listen to um and they it's you're actually twice as likely to achieve the the standard american dream in canada than you are in the u.s i believe it 100 percent. um so to answer your question no i'm fucking trapped in a system hold up wait a minute let me put some audible in it again this podcast is brought to you by audible head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled Get your free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. Guys, we made it. Today, we're going to be talking about All These Worlds, book three of the Bobiverse. We've come a long way, guys. Bob has been floating through uh, space for about a century now. Um, and they've found enough planets to be able to populate the human species enough where it shouldn't go extinct. But that's not stopping the bad people. That doesn't stop the bad people. Bad people are looking for ways to be bad anyway. doesn't matter. You can't stop them. But he's going to try. Him and, I don't know, a bunch of other Bobs. You know, he's artificial intelligence. So Bobs come in packs now. All right? So, uh, again, this is narrated by Ray Porter. It's by Dennis Taylor. It's the third book uh, of the Bobiverse series and the final. Oh, guys. Oh, it's so sad. It's seven hours and fifty-five minutes long, so now you can. I mean, if you got, if you want to talk to your coworker for five minutes, you know, take your hour lunch, and then you know the rest of the time just listen to uh, the Bobiverse, the all these worlds. It's it's perfect, you know, it's perfect, guys. There's not a better option for you. So again, head over to AudibleTrial.com/jumbled. Get your free thirty-day trial and a free audiobook. Hey, thanks, guys, and enjoy i i have these i was just thinking about this a lot because al and i watched uh the matrix this yeah. past week it took us three days to watch it <laughs> yeah wait just we the first so, just the first one just the first one just the first movie <laughs> took us three days <laughs> so we were so busy and, and we, we actually were both traveling for work last week and we, we ended up both being in the same city which was pretty nice no nice um so uh, it was a weird work vacation for both of us but we came home and we started the Matrix before we left, and then we got tired, so we went to bed. And then later in the week, we were in the hotel, and we we decided to start watching it again. And then we both got tired and fell asleep. So then when we came home on the weekend, we're going to finish the Matrix. But it made me wonder, like, because there's, there's a lot of interesting things in, in that movie. Yeah. Um, especially around, you know, society. And, and would you... Would you want to know about the Matrix? Like, which world would you rather live in? The Matrix or the real world? Well, I, I think I think there's, you know, with the Matrix specifically, you're living in this world that you don't... You don't recognize all of the dangers around you or all the shady people around you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it probably mirrors real life in a certain way. But would I prefer to live in the Matrix or or be able to live outside of the Matrix? 
I think I'm picking outside the matrix all day long. Really? Yeah. I think so. I'd, I, if, if there was something else, why wouldn't I want to know about it? You know, it, it'd be different if it was like, what if that you something know, else is significantly worse than what you have? Well, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I was getting ready to say. Like, if it was like, I unplugged from the matrix and then I'm like, you know, somebody is dangling me over a lava pit, you know, like, <laughs> obviously, yeah, don't want to be part of that, you know, keep me in the matrix, but, um, I mean, if we're talking how the Matrix was, sure, it's sort of, it's got like a post-apocalyptic sort of feel, futuristic, outside of the Matrix, but I feel like there's, um, I don't know, like, uh, the curious side of me is like, yeah, I think I might want to know about, you know, some other existence, especially if it's like, oh, that's how they're making people, you know, they're just sort of incubating them in a in a pool of goo, and then they fall out of a slide, and then they get put in the matrix. Like that's <laughs> that's how it works. Okay, um, yeah, dude, I'm I'm picking the I'm picking the matrix every day. What about you? Or I'm picking outside of the matrix. I don't know, man. I think the easy way is to not is to just live in the matrix. You know, especially if you have a decent life, but you don't know, right? And that's yeah. But I think I think I'm I'm thinking of myself as being Neo, which is not appropriate. <laughs> you you know? want to be the one? It's not appropriate. But like, just thinking about like the life he had, you know. And if if I'm equating myself to Neo, and I'm just working a dead end job in an office with a boss that's shitty to me who's always just screaming for something of course you're going to want something else you know like and i think it also depends like it didn't seem like neo had like kids or a family no, or was, something like that you know he's just doing his own he's thing flying solo so that also weighs into it as well so i think if i was in the same situation i'm in right now i'd probably pick differently but if i was living the life of neo i'm picking the same choice that neo made yeah, that's fair. And that's probably what led him to that decision was, well, one, he was actively looking for Morpheus. So yeah. he had a chance to find him. So that was the lure. But he wasn't living a, a, a great life by any means. But No. Interesting. So of all the things that we believe in as humans or society or yourself even, I don't think they can all be true. So what's one of the beliefs that you have Um that might be might be wrong or most likely to be wrong um oh gosh um the beliefs about myself Mm -hmm. or or society or you know Hmm. what you what just a belief that i hold that'll that's probably wrong yeah um I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like at this point of my life, the concept of um, intelligent design, I think, mm-hmm. is, is probably something that I don't think would pan out. It's something that I would want to be the case, because who wouldn't want to, like, die and then, like, go hang out with their relatives? Because you miss them, you know what I'm saying? But, like the the relatives that have moved on but mm-hmm. the more i think of it it's like you know does what would you want to do for eternity that's that's the thing about 
about the heaven concept to me. Yeah. I mean, you it's do you actually go up into the clouds and there's pearly gates and you're just just chilling? Like what do you do? what do you do? Is there a golf course in heaven? Yeah, uh, you, know? you know, I feel like heaven is there is... a weight room in heaven? And then do yeah. you do you go to heaven that with the with the body or the image that you died or do you go to like the matrix perspective of your ideal form? You know? Not well, I think I think you go like whatever your peak physical condition was that's where you're going that's how you're going so like me probably circa sophomore junior year college yeah so if you revert back to that do you lose your memories i don't think so so you'd be an old man but in a young man's body yeah you'd have all of the old man knowledge but you wouldn't, you know, because everybody... Imagine how much, I was going to say, imagine how much it would suck if you were 90 and died, and then you had to be 90 for the rest of your life. No way, or for, dude. Or for eternity, not even the rest of your life. <laughs> and there was no, like, how do you, what do you do? You just say, Huts hey... around you know in what? a wheelchair for eternity? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe that's the case. Maybe you get to decide. Maybe you, maybe you get, decide, get to decide... All right, that you're just a floating orb of energy. You arrive at the pearly gates, and they say, "Hey, what do you want to be when you go inside?" And you get to decide. I want to be a kid. I want to be, you know, my... yeah. But would you want to be a kid forever? Uh, maybe it's not even like that. Maybe maybe you get to be, get up there, and you can be you can be like, you know what? Today I'm going to be a kid. Tomorrow, I'm going to be ninety years old. You know. Who knows how it would be? I think it's more realistic at this point to be like, no. You just go. Just nothing. Just You just go. Just fade out to black. You know, roll, roll the credits. Zach's gone. There's the, just... Everybody will continue on. You know, sure, there will be a period of adjustment for everybody, but you know what? They'll all keep believing that there is... Uh, that I'm in a better place even though is six feet under the ground a better place maybe or is or is burnt and inside of a uh, container a better place yeah I mean you'll be inside my body because I'm going to snort you yeah dude it's going to (laughs) be it's going to be a party dude (laughs) I'm looking I'm going to make some fucking cookies out of you woo five years five years from now dude Five years from now, what? That's when it's gonna happen, dude. I'm just <laughs> well, kidding. Did you see a? You see a? <laughs> I, had a uh, I had a premonition. A median or a, what are they called? A, a fortune teller. It's a medium, I believe. Medium. Yeah, yeah medium, not median. Medium. I saw the. Size, I saw me- the median. Medium? I saw the median. She was like, you know, <laughs> in the middle. Yeah, she was just the one <laughs> that was directly in the middle of all of the different mediums. The median of mediums, dude. Yep. Um, <laughs> the median medium. So, I want. I know you wanted to talk about the Tide Pod Challenge, and I was trying to find a way to segue that in, but it wasn't happening. So we're just gonna jump into it. I, I understand challenges, I, and, and I've done a lot of stupid challenges, but nothing like that. Well, and here's here's my here's my problem just with t- challenges in general. How difficult is it? How challenging is it 
to shove a Tide Pod in your mouth. Yeah, I don't think it's that challenging. You bite down once and then you suffer the consequences. There's there's no challenge to it. I want so to I see don't... someone swallow that thing. That's You want to be the champion of the Tide Pod? Swallow one whole. And then I want to see you throw up bubbles. Oh my god, you're going to die. Um, that's, that's like... There have been more people in 2018 that have died from ingesting uh, these specific chemicals... Than in all of 2017, <laughs> just in 2018, just uh, people biting into Tide Pods all over the place. Why, uh, like, and why would you swallow it? No, you're you're an idiot. I you know I didn't think people were swallowing it. I just thought they were biting into it, which also is terrible because it can cause burns on your mouth, and mm-hmm. you can also swallow part of it and have to get your stomach pumped. Yeah, seek medical attention anyway. But I saw a funny a funny meme that was talking about Trump saying that, you know, Africa and Haiti are a bunch of shitholes or whatever. Yeah. And it was, yeah, maybe, you know, our country isn't as technologically advanced or economically advanced as America, but at least our kids aren't dying by eating Tide Pods. <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> and, true. And, and, it, and true. it made you kind of think, like, hmm. Yeah, Trump, you might really want to think about the criteria for being a shithole. Yeah. <laughs> exactly have you been i can't believe he says shit like that yeah i don't want to i don't want to get on him because that 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 one specifically drove me nuts that that was something he would say but and then have your own country having an epidemic an epidemic of tide pod deaths oh 100 when you have to hire who was it who did they hire it was a football it was jj watt was it jj watt i think it was jj watt they hired him to make a commercial saying, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> don't <laughs> eat your shit together. Don't eat Tide Pods. When you have to make a commercial like that, I think you just throw the towel in. You know, we've, it's over. It's over. We've, we've all but lost the war against idiots and, uh, it just is what it is now. You know, this is the world just we live natural in. natural selection, it's, you know? It's idiocracy. You know, we live in the world of idiocracy um it sounds harsh but part of me is kind of thinks you know if if i'm a doctor and a kid rush gets rushed to emergency room and he's vomiting or whatever and i say what happens did he take something it's usually the first question did you take something are you overdosing or whatever right he tried to eat a tide pod my first thought for the doctor should would be and this is probably why i'm not a doctor i'll never be a doctor would be you know what kid you tough it out You'll you make this one through like through on your own, good. But if not, eh, you kind of knew this was a risk. If like, not, you should have known. If you need to find me, you won't be able to because I'm packing bags so I don't get thrown in what? jail for malpractice. Could you, how pissed? Be, just thinking about the the insurance issues and healthcare that's in America. How I, I bet you health insurance providers right now are are writing clauses of. Oh, you got you ate, did the Tide Pod challenge? We're not covering your shit. Yeah, right. Or you're so you're taking up money, or you're taking up space for people who have legitimate health concerns because you're an idiot and you wanted an extra forty likes on Instagram. Yeah, there's a there's a YouTuber that actually did the Tide Pod challenge. Her name's I don't know if you ever heard of her. Her name's Glozel. No, 
anyway, she uh, she did the, it. Her this video has since been deleted because YouTube was like, eh, eh, now we're shutting this shit down. But she literally bit into a Tide Pod, and you're just like, she's got millions of followers or millions of subscribers, and you're just like, and a lot of them are probably young kids who are yeah, who are now be like her exactly, or exactly, be cool like her, and are, are now. I <laughs> sucking back some sweet, delicious looking Tide Pods. I do love one thing I will say about this that is I have loved the spree of memes that have come out that are like stupid kids eating Tide Pods and they don't realize that their cars are full of chocolate syrup and it's the guy draining the oil. Yeah. <laughs> or stupid kids eating Tide Pods and don't realize their walls are full of uh, cotton candy. Yeah, that's that's one that my my friend uh my friend Wes sent me. He said, "If you think Tide Pods are good, try the cotton candy in the attic." <laughs> it's just like, it, oh, god, just people are so stupid. And then another buddy of mine, uh Dave, he said, "Oh, what did he say?" He said, "Oh, I didn't realize the uh my neighborhood had a new uh a new carryout place and it was it was a uh what was it it was a that it was a tide like laundry uh laundromat or something like that like <laughs> it said tide it was like it was a dry cleaner with tide advertisements yeah, exactly on it. exactly it's just like i think that's the positive that has come out of all this but then there are also the people that are like um making like posts where they're they're almost like forwarding the Tide Pod challenge, like they're they're almost making it seem like it's not a harmful thing, even like sarcastically making jokes. They're just like so people keep doing it. Yeah, and you're like for those people who are like obviously doing it just to be dicks and just making something that you know, I guess idiots believe that uh, making people who are frankly idiots believe it i don't know there's just Mm -hmm. there's a lot to it uh but i just thought it's so silly had to be talking about at some point i look forward to you doing it at the end of this episode (laughs) yeah man (laughs) yeah for all our listeners i have a i have a bucket of just tide pods and zach's gonna double up because he's a big man he's gonna do two at the same time yeah and then i'm just gonna leave skype rolling and johnny's gonna watch me uh watch me intently He's going to watch me go, and then uh, my directive is to have me cremated, and then Johnny will have a Tide a tide Pod and Zach sniffing contest. <laughs> a double double whammy of Zach Dust and Tide. Whoever donates the most on Patreon uh, gets to snort me. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> um... All right, so we I got a couple more things here. We're man, we're already at fifty seven, dude. That's pretty good. Um, something I heard the other day is um, fight news. Uh, Ronda Rousey out of the fight game into the uh, sports entertainment, going to uh, do some wrestling, some professional um, wrestling. Don't know if that's true I, or not, but I saw it on ES, the ESPN notification came through. I, I heard something about that about that too. Um, and I think it is true. And so I, I have a lot of mixed feelings about Ronda Rousey because as you know, I'm a big, big fight fan and a supporter of combat sports and practitioner of combat sports. And, And I loved Ronda Rousey for what she did for women in the UFC, even though she wasn't, 
really the first dominating female fighter. She, I think she was the one that, that really made it popular. Sure. Um, so one, she probably will get paid a lot more. Yeah. Um, and two, it's and I'm not saying wrestling is easy, but it's a lot easier on her body. Oh, 100 than, than actually fighting, and she's gonna do it. I assume novelty. I don't think she's gonna go on the main, the main road, unless she's gonna you know pull a Kurt Angle line. Yeah, or a Ken Shamrock did the same thing from Cage yeah. Fighter to WWE wrestler or whatever. And, yeah, and then he Lesner went and, and then and then he went back to doing uh, yeah. UFC stuff. But so I don't. As a fighter, Ronda Rousey made some critical mistakes with her coaching staff. Yeah. Um, I mean, she is a she's a world-class athlete in a very particular sport, which she utilized greatly to for her quick rise mm-hmm. in the UFC. Um, Those arm bars were killer, dude. Well, so it was going from that, and then she went to a coach who was a stand-up coach and tried to turn her into a boxer. Which, I mean, she obviously needs to understand how to stand up, but her game, her expertise is on the ground. Right. And I could not understand this drive for her to want to fight Holly Holm standing up, who is a world-class kickboxer. Like, you, yeah. that is her thing compared to, you know, grappling for, for Ronda. Right. Um, and she got lit up. And anyone who knows anything about fighting knew that that was going to happen if Ronda wanted to stand up. Yeah. And, I mean, she, I think it scared her. I think it really made her rethink her coaching staff and what she was doing. And she lost her confidence. And then she didn't know if she wanted to be a stand-up fighter, go back to grappling. Uh, I, th- I think some of it is honestly training fatigue. You just get bored of doing yeah, the same things. You want to learn and grow as a human being. And unfortunately, she was in a position and part of her career where she couldn't afford to do that. Yeah. You don't, I mean, not on the big stage. You don't, and it, again, you you don't try and do a kickboxing fight with a world-class kickboxer when sure. you're a grappler. You know, um, if, but I, and she was the, uh, I, I would say she was the best grappler in women's MMA at the time, you know? Um, so why not play to your strengths, you know, and mm-hmm. stay well, sharp, stay sharp big. on that. You know, she did get huge, but she stay... got too big for her head and yeah. she had a coach that tried to capitalize on it and monetize it and make her fights a little more exciting. Mm-hmm. Stan- like 80% of people, I, I mean, don't quote me on that, but a lot of, a lot of people who watch UFC don't understand grappling or the technical aspect. Um, you know, there's, I think what they said, it, there's three types of UFC fans. There's the people who just want the violence. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the people who are looking for something different than basically boxing. Um, and then there's people who really appreciate the science and the strategy and the, the technical piece of fighting. Right. And I mean, I like, don't get me wrong. I love watching two people go toe to toe and go to war and just bang on each other all day. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. But yeah. I think it's fascinating when you look at a fight or a fighter that has a really interesting technique or timing or game plan to beat some fighters. Um, right. And that might mean slowing down the fight. That might mean taking the fight to the ground. If people don't understand what's happening and the, sm- the small battles that are won on the ground that lead to bigger things, it sure. can be boring. And I get that. And I think 
she was decimating people so she was incredibly confident she deserved that confidence but i think that confidence took her to deep waters where she shouldn't have been and Mm -hmm. it's really hard to recover from that i don't blame her i mean she got messed up and that i mean that's the thing with really long scary recovery like yeah i would i'd be looking for something else too and she doesn't have to fight it's it's the whole conor mcgregor thing right you make a hundred plus million dollars in one fight and he's 29 30 years old yeah like are you gonna fight again like do you want to go through that effort and that training and then that risk I think for... I think I think Conor Conor McGregor's a a certain type of individual. I think he he probably identifies most of himself with fighting, so I don't think that he would probably throw the towel in, but he definitely he definitely caught a windfall as far as <laughs> all the money he made off that fight. I well, think he earned it, honestly. He, that... Yeah, and he and he put up a good fight against him too. It wasn't like a you know, it wasn't the first. He did round. a lot better than a lot of people thought, and yeah. So I'm, I traditionally don't like Mayweather for I think more personal reasons than boxing. I think he is a boring yeah. boxer to watch, but sure. this is a perfect example of he is he can't read, but he's a fucking genius in that ring. Sure. And, oh yeah, defensive mastermind. Yeah, and and I and as a fighter, I can respect that that he found yeah. a way to to outwit mcgregor now if it wasn't in a boxing ring mayweather had no chance and i i yeah i would bet my house on on mcgregor winning a ufc fight against mayweather oh and a lot of that is just the technical aspects of how boxers stand and what they're used to seeing yeah Yeah. and you saw mcgregor landing some shots that most boxers don't because mcgregor didn't like do a a overly traditional boxing take on it right he threw from different angles he had his hands a little bit lower, you know, and and it took Mayweather some a while to figure out the timing and the power and but once he did, knew, that was it, man. Yeah. And I mean the like walking at him head down, arms up, or turning around, like that stuff really bothers me whenever, you know, yeah, McGregor showboating. Started, well, whenever McGregor started getting momentum or, or landing, Mayweather just turned around. Right? And then yeah. McGregor's instinct was then to wrap him up because yeah. I mean yeah, yeah. Or he'd be punching him, and, and the ref would say stop, and he would, he he would clinch, it. and then he'd break up. And it's really hard for McGregor to, to break that out of your mind because you train yeah, so much of here's the back, you take it, and this is what you do. yeah, And it's really hard to beat that out of your system in eight weeks that he had to prepare. And yeah, he's been boxing his whole life, but he's been a fighter in a lot different capacity. So, yeah. Um, But yeah, if I was McGregor, would I fight again? Maybe. He'll maybe fight. There's... You know, he's stripped of his belts now, so that'll be motivation. Yeah, but, but I, I mean, think... who's he going to fight again? Jose Aldo? Like, does anybody really want to see... Like, I mean, I mean, Jose Aldo sort of wa- walking out. He's not He's not in the spotlight as much anymore, but, like, who's who's up? You know, who's he? who do you want to see Conor McGregor fight in the UFC right now? I want to see him fight George St. Pierre. GSP, um... GSP McGregor would be good, but wouldn't, wouldn't ha- McGregor have to come up a weight class? Yeah, I mean they could, they could do a catchweight like they could they could meet. Um, you know, there's there's talks about McGregor boxing Manny Pacquiao. Um, I I would love to see McGregor box um, Pauli Maniago, who's you know he was kind of oh yeah him for the McGregor, but was yeah. shit talking. Yeah, but, didn't he get caught? Didn't didn't Pauli get caught with a yeah he did. a training and, and camp he, or something like that? 
he argued it and and you know it was a push down and and whatever but the reality is that you see the footage he got caught whatever i would like to see him fight nate diaz again mm-hmm. I, I, well, you know, those you have always about, been good good matches you talk about about uh you know learning from your losses you take you know you look at mcgregor mm-hmm. pretty big high up doing really well maybe bit off more than he could true chew fights nate diaz loses the first fight and then says oh shit this guy's a lot tougher i need to change my strategy yeah and comes in and basically does exactly what he said he was going to do yeah um come right at him so i don't know i think there's some fights there's you know some younger guys in in his weight class or around his weight class like is is wonder boy in his yeah uh like tyrone woodley i would love to see oh, him tyrone fight. woodley that'd be a good one um you know gsp would be awesome gsp is is he's so technical and i know that that connor is really technical as well but i don't know i i feel like you get out class with gsp he's not and and just judging by gsp's last fight you know he came back from retirement and he didn't look like he lost a step so gsp has some health issues right now some stomach issues oh, that he's working he? through so he wasn't fully healthy but they and and GSP suffered from the same the same challenges you know him and Anderson Silva mm-hmm. had you know kind of on the tail end of the brawlers like Chuck Liddell and sure. Rampage yeah. Jackson and yeah, Forrest yeah, yeah. Griffin where people wanted the like wanted a blood sport and then you have these guys come in who are extremely technical they're not getting cut they're not knocking anyone out but they're controlling the fight yeah. and you know fans don't they don't care about winning they they care about the violence. Yeah, and and I think the longer the sport stays around, that will that will change. Um, sure, but you know that's that that was GSP's biggest issue is that he became a boring fighter. He's a fabulous, brilliant, technical, skilled, well prepared fighter, but he wasn't going in there to knock people out. He was going in there to control a fight, and if it led to a submission or a knockout, great. It's I mean, true. He beat Bisping handedly, one hundred percent. Bisping's been on a bit of a downward fall. He's had a lot of really short fights, like mm-hmm. short, short time in between fights. Right. Um, I mean, he he fought like three and a half weeks after he fought in London. Three and a half, I think it was three and a half weeks after he lost to uh, to GSP. Like wow. he's just been slamming the fights in. And money issues is the speculation, whatever. I mean, it's hard to give up that lifestyle. He's getting old. Yeah. There's a lot of science now that talks about total career damage versus how how much you can take in a fight that those guys who are are big brawlers and were used to getting punched and punched and punched because they had a steel jaw that that wears down over time and the, and the brain's natural response to that is shut just shut down yeah so they they go in fighting a certain way thinking like oh if i get caught i'm okay um and then all of a sudden they're not and they yeah. fight sloppy and they get caught so i yeah. think that would be a really interesting fight i think the weight challenge would be different It'd be challenging for McGregor. Um, I think it'd be exciting. It'd be a huge money maker. Mm-hmm. Both, you know, both are stripped. Like George won and just retired and said, "You can just take the belt." I just, I came in for that one fight. I mean, I'll tell you something. Like if, if Connor decides to hang it up, that's bad news for the UFC. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, you don't, Dana... you don't have a whole lot of draws. Like, not like Connor McGregor. You know, I mean, that was, you know, I'm sure they some they were probably pushing for Ronda to do some bullshit fight just for hype, you know what I'm saying, just to get Ronda back in the ring, but um I feel like she she's making a good a good choice for herself. Yeah. 
but and for her future but you know i i don't know i i just i think if connor decides to hang it up that's unless gsp decides to stick around for another five years you know what i'm saying until somebody else comes but i think in a year or so i mean GSP will be thirty seven. That's pretty. I mean, that's pretty old for how. He's I mean, he's been there. fighting. He's been fighting for a long time. Yeah, I mean, his basically his entire life. He did take a bunch of time off, but he, the thing that people didn't realize, like some fighters take time off mm-hmm. and they just they let it all go. Yeah, just because GSP grew up with that lifestyle of martial arts, that he's he continued to train and he was in really good shape getting ready to prepare for i mean he wasn't in fight shape but he was in good sure. shape sure right so i think he's kind of a guy that's always ready and if the right opportunity comes up and you know dana white offers him 25 million to fight mcgregor you're silly to turn that down yeah i mean i don't i don't know where his financial his finances are now or financially how well he's doing but i'm sure he's not hurting yeah especially because he's getting paid in those u.s dollars and he's coming back up to canada <laughs> GSP is a, a hell of a lot taller than than McGregor, though, right? Yeah, there'd be a huge huge size advantage. GSP is, um, I mean, McGregor is really got the big reach. for his weight class, but GSP is also big for his weight class and yeah. is up a you know class or two. Like that'd be a tough fight, but it it would bring the people. It'd be really exciting. That would um, be exciting, man. But yeah, so I don't know. I I would be happy just to see him fight again but i i think it's going to be gimmick stuff they'll be yeah. Nate diaz or a, he's looking for another super fight right yeah and but, now everyone wants that super fight well i since getting the taste of the boxing money you know he's he's wanting he's wanting he's looking at dollar just dollar amounts at this point you got to think that that's the case you know he's just yeah. looking to get the most money he can and probably honestly if he can get a couple more fights that are lucrative i would say he probably does hang it up but mm-hmm. but i think it's probably a little bit too soon for him to no hang it up i, at I this agree point. I, he'll do something but it, it'll be he'll he's going to push for mayweather too or that's not going to happen no i don't <laughs> think so they'll I, do mayweather's mayweather said he's done he's done done yeah um they'll do nate diaz 3 which would be good or they'll do, you know, a GSP super fight. But I, I don't think he's going to come back to defend the belt or to pursue yeah. the belt again. Because he's basically won it, dominated his weight class, like two weight classes, and then said, you know what, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so. well, and you know what, what happens? I mean, he comes back and he does Nate Diaz 3. You know, like, that's, uh, you got to think they're stopping after 3. You know yeah, what I'm three. saying? Like, be, it's the rubber match and then it'll be done. Yeah, so if if it, if one of them won both, they wouldn't think about it. But because mm-hmm. it's one and one, they're yeah. going to want to close that loop, and that's going to be the only thing that they have to do. The UFC has to do something because Connor has huge expectations for his pay now. Yeah, he's not going to come back and fight for a million dollars. Yeah, and I think two million. And I think part of that is just what they're doing with advertisers, and they have that deal with Adidas. And is that st- that's still a thing? I I don't know about that. They I, I know think. They, I think they were doing. They had a, a deal with Adidas where they were, um, the, they were selling fight kits and stuff like that. And it was mm. only Adidas that was providing the the fight kits for the fighters. And then you only had a couple fighters like uh, McGregor and Rousey at the time, who were able to be sponsored by somebody else other than Adidas. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I they're probably. I mean, I know they they put up a lot of controls on on the sponsorship because it was becoming marketing soup in the ring i mean um, yeah but it's also my favorite it's... was 
the advertisements on the guy's shorts it was condom depot yeah <laughs> and it was like on their butts yeah <laughs> like whoever thought of that was a genius but god damn you have like i wonder how much they got paid to wear that <sighs> not enough probably um no. yeah but you know what just something some, something to close this out because uh we're at an hour 15 right now so we're running we're running a little bit long but you know when i think of like fights that i want to see personally just like fighting in general i like seeing the fights that sort of just go the distance mm-hmm. um and so you know you think about somebody like i mean if you're thinking about like the heyday of not i guess not the heyday of boxing but like the early 90s or like the you know uh, Mike Tyson era where he was just knocking people out real quick, sort of like how Ronda Rousey was doing. Um, I think probably my favorite Tyson match was um, one of the any of the Holyfield ones, just because it went. You know, they were going the distance. He wasn't he wasn't going to knock mm-hmm. out Holyfield. You know, but um, that was a perfect example of being like Holyfield. Obviously, a great fighter. Yeah, but very brilliant to to really have found. To solve that that puzzle that was Tyson, you yeah, know? and be yeah. able to do it consistently, I, I mean, to me, that's that just speaks to the. It's not just walking in the ring and throwing your hands. That there's so much that exactly. happens between the ears, um, yeah. and, that, and that's honestly what I, I one of my favorite things is just the the strategy and and the technique behind what goes into uh, into winning a fight. I think a lot of people put put too much emphasis on the physical aspect of training camp. You see mm-hmm. a lot of people going into training camp and wanting to just, you know, get in the ring and spar and, you know, go full contact or whatever. But, you know, I mean, you think of something like the NFL, you know, they're going in, they're watching play, you know, they're watching mm-hmm. video, watching film of, of their opponent and what they have to do to prepare and be ready for the match, you know? So, uh, I think I think there should be more of an emphasis on m- being mentally ready. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and I think the game is professionalizing, and that it's going away from brawlers to professional fighters and strategists. And um, I mean, if you just think of the fights a couple weeks ago with uh, Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou, I mean that I was a, a, a perfect example. Francis, you know, a young, younger, up and coming mammoth of a man who's knocking out everyone with wild punches, like throwing them from his hips. Um, you know, really being called a phenom. He's going to be unbeatable, and he's so huge, he's so fast, he's incredibly powerful. Um, and you know, really, the UFC putting a lot of money on him, revitalizing the heavyweight division, mm-hmm. and you know, going up against the current the current champion, Stipe Miocic. Um, you know, the champion went into that fight as an, a significant underdog. Yeah. And Stipe, he came in with it and he, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast and was, and said, this is my game plan. This is what I'm going to do. And I believe in my training camp and I believe in my plan and I'm going to win. And he executed it perfectly. He did get caught, but he has a really good chin. Yeah. And you know, he took, he took Francis to the ground, took him to deep waters, got him tired took away his ability to, to, you know, have power. And, you know, at the end of the fight, Francis admitted that he underestimated Stipe and that, you know, he, he's prefers stand up basically and didn't train or practice against yeah. that grapple game. And that's what cost him the fight. So he was humble in defeat, which I was actually surprised and, and quite happy to hear. But I think it, it, you have to give that credit to that, 
the science of the fight. And that's, that's the part that, you know, as I get older and I'm losing that brute strength and toughness, but having to be more crafty. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But anyways, yeah. we, that, that got way sidetracked. I don't think a lot of our listeners actually care about the fight world. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, most, guys. most of our, my tuners mom has long turned out. this off. <laughs> yeah, most of our tuners got out of here at quarter, quarter to an hour. And yeah, they've, fuck they've these gone. guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, so, wrap us up. You know, I've got a, I've got a couple other things. I'm not going to talk about them this week, but I've still got some things on my list, which is good. Uh, I didn't think I had enough material, but you know what? We squeezed it out, man. We got it working. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming by this week, guys. Uh, thanks for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed this one. It was a fun conversation, Johnny. Nice to uh, peer a little bit into that beautiful head of yours. <laughs> Big beautiful head. I mean, my average size beautiful head. There you go. Ali says I have a big head. I say it's average. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what <are> you said. <laughs> um, we're on all social media at Jumbled Podcast. We're on SoundCloud, Google Play Music. Uh, we are on Stitcher. We're on Player.fm, and we're on iTunes. Head over to iTunes. Give us a rating and review. Even if you listen on one of those other platforms, be a pal. Uh, do that for us. That'd be great. Uh, if you want to reach out to us with any comments, suggestions on things we should talk about, uh, drop us a line over uh, on email. That would be jumbledpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and uh, we are on Patreon. If you want to be a patron of this great podcast that you've somehow stuck around for an hour and 20 minutes listening to at this point, uh, please head over to patreon.com slash jumbled. Uh, and give whatever you, uh, whatever you feel you can give, want to give, whatever. We still, we're still working on, you know, figuring out the rest of our perks. We got a couple of them up. Check them out. Donate what you want, what you can, if you want to. That's fine. Um, and then we, uh, want to say thanks to our sponsor, Audible. Head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled. Get your free 30 day trial and a free audiobook. That'd be great. And, uh, that's it, Johnny. We Thanks, have man. we have hit the end. I think this is this is a new record. I think for the podcast, as far and as we're setting running records time. in January. You know? Yeah, we are setting records. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, make sure to check back next week for another episode of Jumbled, your favorite podcast about nothing. <laughs> Not well, except that that was a thing. <laughs> that, that was a thing. Hopefully, I didn't clip. I tried to move away a little bit. No, you did good. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>